Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Got you till 10 a.m. this Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us. Tim Leonard alongside J.D. Rachi, and a lot to break down this week. An off-season land for Syracuse basketball and football, but of course still watching out for O'Shea Brissett because he has not made a decision one way or the other on whether he's coming back yet. And this is baffling to me that there's still... no decision made. Mostly because I was just like, why the heck would he go? And now it seems to be mounting toward right. he's actually going to go. Well, it is gaining steam because we found out this week, and that's kind of the breaking news of this week, and the big news of this week is that he did receive an invite to the NBA Combine, something Tyus Battle has yet to receive. So that's a good sign for O'Shea Brissett. Obviously, he just wrapped up his sophomore year, kind of underwhelming compared to what he had in his freshman year. And I was like you initially. I thought, oh, he's going. It probably means he's just going to test the waters because they tweaked the rules a little bit this year, and you can test the waters. You can go and do some of the stuff that Tyus Battle did last year and still come back. They just seemingly tweak the rules every year until eventually we're just going to be, okay, you can go one and done, you can do whatever you want, which is the way it should be because it's their lives. But It it really should be at that point by now, and obviously it's going to get to that. It feels inevitable. But while we're in this limbo period, it's kind of a weird period for guys like O'Shea Brissett because – you know, on one hand, he's probably looking at his buddy Tyus Battle last year, who did this same process, decided to come back, and is probably regretting that a little bit. I mean, it's safe to say, because Battle is now nowhere to be found on most of these mock drafts, and I shouldn't say nowhere to be found. At least he's not being projected to be taken. I think you and I both agree he probably will not be no. drafted. No, not. I don't see I mean, if happening. he's not getting an invite to the Combine, I don't know the exact number of people, but usually it is more than are drafted right. to get an invite to the combine. And now, because because oh, they're both playing, or they both played, I should say, in the uh, or in, worked out in the G League Elite Camp, which is, I'm pretty sure, because O'Shea performed well there, that's why he got the combine invite. So that also says, well, O'Shea was more impressive than Tyus was at the Elite Camp, which to right. me is surprising, but that's certainly probably something that scouts are taking into consideration now there's no question that Brissett has been gaining some hype throughout this process I would say his Which, stock again, is rising baffling to me well it's it's maybe a little baffling that he is still has his name in the ring compared to what we were thinking two three weeks ago but I mean you see the stuff coming out he went 15 for 25 we saw tweets about that from three-point range in a workout that got some scouts attention that's like huge you said, for the him. G League stuff. Right, and that, that was the big thing last year is, I mean, he basically just went away from his three-point shot. He, at about the halfway point of the season, he stopped shooting threes because he lost all his touch, and maybe it was the dome vision partially or whatever. Well, but, I think it was the UConn-Oregon games, the games at MSG yeah. where Jim was just like, 
don't shoot if you can't shoot. Right. Like, that was just his message. Like, do not shoot the ball. And who knows if that was instructed by Jim Beheim or any of the coaches. And if it was, you can't really blame him because he was not making anything. It was bad. Now, it was weird because the first two games of the year, if you remember, albeit against inferior competition. But when Tyus was struggling early on, he was looking great. And O'Shea was really good in the open. Right. You asked me at at that after Moorhead State if O'Shea Brissett was a draft pick, I probably would have said he's a first-rounder this year maybe even and now we're sitting here and he's getting the combine invite but I think he's still not really projected to be drafted this year that being said this might be his best chance and especially after what we saw with Tyus last year and that's why I think some of these Syracuse fans are getting concerned rightfully so because he may not come back simply because he's got this combine invite he's trending up and if you do come back you just add another year you become a year older, which is less enticing to these scouts. And what else does he really prove? Because if you're drafting O'Shea Brissett, you're really drafting him because of his potential. You're not you're drafting, drafting the him. ceiling. You're not drafting right. his legitimate skill. And set I do right think now. his ceiling is relatively good for someone in his position. He's athletic. He's a slasher. He needs to get better at finishing, and he needs to shoot the three ball better. But he's athletic. He can block shots. He can rebound. He he does the little things pretty right. well. It's just, just the it's just some of the some of the things he needs to clean up slightly that can that make him from a so-so player into a pretty good player that could be significant. But I think there's some similarities between this O'Shea thing and what Tyus did last year because Tyus obviously got an invite to the combine. He didn't perform well at the combine from what I remember. He wasn't one of the standout no. two guards at the combine, but he took it to the 11th hour. It was the day that he had to make the decision right. where he announced he was coming back. So O'Shea could do the same thing, and he's just I, – I think he's taking the situation to his advantage. He's seeing what scouts are saying. He's seeing what teams are saying, and he's trying to understand what he's worth and what his value is right now because, like you said, this could be his best opportunity. This could be – you know, he if he puts up the same numbers, like mirror image numbers of what he did this year, next year – his stock is down because yeah. he's a year younger. No, he's definitely not getting drafted. And right. honestly, so he has to either go now and take a chance on himself, or he has to improve drastically, have a superstar caliber year, and then leave after next year. And honestly, it would take a lot for his stock to rise next year it, because yeah. you're sacrificing that one year. I mean, he's not even going to be the number one scorer on the team next right. year. Like You'd Elijah Hughes, Hughes is going to be the number one option scoring wise. Let's say he does completely blossom just play the hypothetical game he comes back his junior year is exceeds expectations maybe he's an all ACC contributor he scores right around 20 points per game even if all goes according to plan and that's best case scenario I still don't know if that would change much in terms of his stock right now I don't know if it would get higher even if he did all that because that's how much that year means to these scouts I'm not even sure if it's the numbers that need to change I think it's the way his game looks literally the eye test right. that needs to change like they need to see him hit shots, like perimeter That's the shots. Biggest thing. That's and a huge thing, and traffic, he needs to finish like in traffic. Said. Those are the two things that are really missing from his game right now. He's an above average rebounder for his size. Like he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's averaging he averaged like almost eight rebounds a game this season. That's pretty darn good, especially in an ACC where you know guy you know there are guys all over the place, a, a Marquise Bolden or something like that, that are just much bigger and much stronger than him, and he's still going up against him. But I think it's seeing those things for scouts. It's not so much. Okay, you need to increase your your 
point output by X amount of points. You need to increase your assists by X amount of assists per game. It needs to be, can he do the things that he's not good at? Can he get better at them? Because that's right. what's going to propel him at that next level. And that's what Tyus didn't really prove this year. Well, all of his numbers, on his not jumper. only did his, all of his numbers go down statistically, right. like every single one of them went down. But also, I think his assists might have gone up slightly, and that's because he was playing point, point guard. Bit of point, which right. really, I mean, he's not there to pass the ball. He's yeah. there to he's a score, quote unquote. He's a Kobe type player with not obviously Kobe level talent. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's dangerous. This is a is a very interesting situation for O'Shea to go through. And I think it probably benefits him mentally that he saw what Tyus went through and might lean a little bit more toward, you know, going pro. Yeah. I Even if it is a bit early. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score twelve sixty. Follow all our content at Orange Fizz on Twitter, OrangeFizz.net. Got you till ten AM this morning, Tim Leonard, JD Rachi. Talking about O'Shea Brissett right now. Received the combine invite this week. And I think Syracuse fans should really be worried because like I said, he's trending up. And like we're saying right now, there's not much to be gained by going back one more year. And another thing with Brissett. One of the more things that makes him more intriguing to these scouts is maybe his defense, because just based on his frame, like he's he, a link. He's like a he's like a smaller Kevin Durant. Yeah, like he's he just projects long. to have some d- defensive, defensive potential, right? Yeah. Some solid upside there, and you can't really prove it going back to school. You're not going to prove that in because the you're just going to sit in the zone, right? And Which is the problem with every guy coming out of Syracuse is. What kind of defender right. is he? I know Jim Beheim had that long speech. I think it was after the NCAA tournament about how the NBA looks at offense. Like that hasn't stopped any of our NBA guys. You know, sure, we still but have they success. Need, you need to play defense. Right. Like you can't. There are very few guys that can go out there and not play defense. Not everybody's James Harden. So, do you think Brissett has a better chance of, we'll say, five years from now, making it in the NBA than a Tyus Battle? Because I think I uh, lean on the Brissett side, just purely based on the upside. And I'll be honest, from what I saw from Tyus this past year, and don't get me wrong when I'm saying this, because obviously he wasn't the reason that they fell in the first round and underwhelmed this year. And he did have another very solid season and leaves a great legacy at Syracuse. The legacy's absolutely Yeah, there. and that's un- undeniable. All the clutch shots he made and everything – and he does have that it factor in terms of hitting those clutch caliber shots. He's got some he's swagger. A competitor. He's a competitor. He's got the swagger. But I don't think he really has a ton going for him just purely from an NBA prospect base. And I think Brissett is kind of the opposite. I think he has more going for him NBA-wise than his actual college game leads you to believe. Well, obviously right now, Tyus is a better basketball player yes. than O'Shea Brissett. Undeniable. I think that's 100% the case. But like you said... The big thing with NBA scouts and NBA drafts and, you know, executives and what they're looking for, they're looking for a ceiling. You know, Jaron Jackson wasn't the most polished prospect ever coming out of school. Right. Beyond, like, there there are guys, like, I'm trying to think of maybe a better example than a Jaron Jackson, but there are guys, I think maybe like Jared Allen, like, he was not that polished coming out of Texas. He was good. But he was a he was a lottery well, pick why, because he had upside and potential. Why do we see all these international prospects every year? One or two of them leak into the top ten right. lottery range. It's and you've never of upside. right. They've got upside and they've proven themselves. And I think that especially applies to someone in O'Shea's pool area where it's late second round or not being drafted. If you're drafting that late, 
chances are you're probably not drafting for someone to make an impact day one. Right. You're drafting for upside because you're thinking, all right, let's just see if we can find that flyer. And we can develop him in the, yeah. in the G League or do something with him. So I, I'd say more likely to have a positive outcome this year in terms of where he might go. I'd Tyus. say it's so, well, I'd say it's okay to have a po- I don't know. It, it's it's really tough because it, it's potential versus what you're going to get right now. We know. I think stick wise, probably probably O'Shea has a better better chance of sticking than yeah, Tyus. Does. I just don't think we know right now. We can't confidently say next year O'Shea Brissett will be a proven scorer at the NBA level or even you know at a high G League level, like right. scoring double digits every night because. He didn't prove that. There were games where he would disappear. Yeah. He would disappear. And then there were games against Pittsburgh or something. And then there were games he'd be huge. Yeah. So it's a lot of boom or bust. Tyus is the much safer bet right now, but long term, I think it's O'Shea. Yeah. And the more we talk about this, it it does feel like Syracuse fans should get worried. And it also feels like even if Brissett, say, gets undrafted. Even if he knows going in, like he says, I'm going to keep my name in the pool, but I know I'm not going to get drafted. But I think I can prove myself in the G League and work my way up next year. It's probably the best bet for him because you're just forfeiting a lot, like we saw with Tyus Battle, by returning for another year. And the upside thing is real for him, and teams want to develop a player one year earlier than at, after his junior year, because what else is he going to prove next year? Yeah, I, I know he could get better, but the defensive I don't think thing is a concern. That much. I don't think he can yeah. get that much better. And I think he also, seeing Tyus and where he was probably going to be a pretty surefire second-round pick last year, I'd say he was about 80% that he was going to get drafted in the second round Tyus would have last year. And now all of a sudden he's just off the board and nothing's happening, like, that he see O'Shea sees that and goes, oh crap! I've got to get out of here. Like I've got to go now because think about what happened with Tyus. Every single one of his numbers went down. Scoring down, rebounds down, shooting percentage down, three point yeah. shooting percentage down. And yeah, sure, some of that can come from he had to play out of position a couple of times. But he put up better numbers than Cam Reddish. But Cam Reddish is going to be a lottery pick because there's potential and there's youth and there's upside. O'Shea has more of that than. You know than than Tyus right now, and that's probably a lot because he is a year younger. I, I think that really plays into him. I think, like you said, I think Syracuse fans should should be worried about O'Shea not coming back next year. It's crazy we're having this conversation three four weeks ago. I'd say thirty seventy. He would he would not maybe go. not even right. right. And now I'm more thinking like seventy thirty the opposite direction. Like he's gonna go. Right, and there are some people listening right now. I'm sure saying, "Oh no, he's coming back." Like there's no way. I think. You guys he are could, overreacting. He could come back. We, we don't know. That's that's the tough part is we can't go right. inside O'Shea Brissett's mind. But if he does go, Syracuse has a pretty good recruiting class coming in next year. And let's talk about that recruiting class a little bit because it's a deep class and a loaded class that I think fans should be very excited about. We'll dive into that more on the other side. This is Fizz Radio on the score 1260. All right, we're back on Fizz Radio. Tim Leonard, J.D. Rachi got you till 10 a.m. here on The Score 1260. Just finished up talking about O'Shea Brissett, chances that he comes back now that he's received a combine invite. And if you missed that discussion, feel free to check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you need to to get our podcast versions. Those always go out on Saturday by searching Orange Fizz on all of those resources. You can also check us out at orangefizz.net and at orangefizz on Twitter. 
Now let's talk about this Syracuse basketball recruiting class coming in because if O'Shea does leave, you've got to replenish a little bit. And the good news is they've got five guys here. No one really— They've got O'Shea 2.0 in that class. Yeah, maybe. Quincy Guerriere is getting some comparisons I, there. I think I've never, I, it's, it's, I've never seen a comp for a guy that is another guy on that team. <laughs> it's right. literally he's well, it's a, the Canadian. He's thing, an athletic Canadian small forward. Yeah, that's long. And I think a lot of people are comparing him because you look at Quincy Guerriere and he is not. He doesn't have a ranking on ESPN, and that doesn't mean that he's not good enough. It's just because ESPN does not scout those players right. as intensely, unless it's like a Ben Simmons or something, right? Right. Then by those players, I mean Canadian players. But on 24-7 sports, he is number 115, and he's actually kind of slipped lately. And when you go through this 24-7 sports rankings, they just went final for the 2019 class. Bryson Goodine is number 91 overall. He leads the pack there. He's a 96 grade-wise. Then you get Gary Air 115. That was a huge get for them. Right, but even, I mean, we're talking about number 91 to lead your class. That's it's not great. Not great compared to what they've had in the past. But they're, uh, it's the same, like, they had a couple, what, top 50 guys last year? No. They had well, they Jalen had Carey, Carey who was and they would have 50. had Baisley, which, right. which were two top 50 guys. But the ACC rank, in terms of where they rank the ACC according to 24-7, is the same as it was last year. It's number seven. Yeah. Which I is middle of the pack. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Hmm. Really so, good for them. I mean, it's just it's a different good, but it's, it's a different class than it was last year. You're talking about another recruiting class. I think the latest I checked, they were thirtieth overall is this five player class in the country. And, you know, in 2010, 2011, Syracuse was top five, top ten in some classes. So well, they haven't had a, a five star since what, Chris McCullough? Yeah, no McDonald's All-American since Malachi, which wasn't crazy long ago, but, I mean, it's... It's a long time it's, ago. It's not great, and a little bit was the recruiting violations at first, and, you know, this class might draw some comparisons to that class with O'Shea Brissett because that didn't have a top 100 guy. Now, Gadeen is a top 100 guy. He's number 91 on 24-7. He's number 75 on ESPN, so he is... He's really good. According to the rankings, the best player in this class. He was, he was like... 150, maybe even lower yeah, he's when he risen. first committed. He's and been he a was big the first riser. Commit they got the, he committed what back in fall of 2017. Like he, uh, he committed, they like, offered him, and right. then he committed like five days later. He he's committed, been committed like, for a while. At this time, if if the 2019 class was the 2020 class, so if like an Andre Jackson, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, committed tomorrow, it'd be like kind of the same situation. Right, as it's been a while. Us. Yeah, and then obviously the latest commit. Jesse Edwards, who kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't on many people's radars, out of the Netherlands, a center, has kind of skyrocketed. I mean, he initially was not ranked on 24-7 sports because he was so out of the blue. Now he's number 170. He's leapfrogged even Joe Girard. And according to 24-7 sports, in their final rankings, is the third highest recruit in this class. And I know a lot of people didn't really know what they were getting when they first saw his name pop up. Well, there and, was essentially no tape out there. Right. And there now there's like a little some... bit, and it's not great, I mean, when you well, people, factor in who he's going against. Sure, but people that – did you see the workout video? Yeah. People are freaking out. Which like, I he thought looks was, great. Like, he looks unbelievable. He looked like and he I'm like, slow motion he in looked, that. <laughs> he looked fine. Like, he looked like a, a high school kid that's going to be making a big jump. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I know Mike Waters quote tweeted it, so you could go to his uh, timeline and check it out there. But 
there's more stuff surfacing on him, and his grades rising. So that that correlation's nice. It's for good. Syracuse fans. It's good. And this I class think, is trending up in right. general. Aside from Yarier, this this class yeah. is trending up. And I think the more we see on Edwards, the more I'm starting to see a guy that's going to get some minutes next year. Initially, you may have thought redshirt, and who knows, he might still redshirt, but they need a little bit of help at center, especially when you factor in kind of an unknown with Sidibe's health right now. If he can knock down a jumper, not he's right going to get but right just, in general. Yeah, But if Jesse Edwards can knock down a jumper relatively consistently, he's going to get yeah, time. Because they the need thing. somebody, They need, especially if O'Shea leaves, they need somebody... In the high post, and right. Jesse It'd be Edwards great to cons- have a Torian Thompson right now. Sure, but you know he's at Seton Hall, yeah. So and toiling away at Seton Hall, he didn't have that great of a season. No, but he didn't. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but if he can stretch it out and just and spread the floor ever so slightly and not be, you know, a liability on offense, like like I love Pascal Chukwu, but he was a liability on offense. Yeah, and you could literally just double tie his battle off the screen because you knew he was not going to pass the ball to, right. to Pascal. So if Jesse Edwards can be an option offensively, that automatically makes Syracuse's I, offense better. I, I will sacrifice his jump shooting, if if you're a Syracuse fan, for just like a solid presence inside that if you throw the ball down low, or if he's just open like we saw with Pascal yes, you literally so just mean, uh, maybe Just maybe put jump the ball off was, the window and go right, in. Right, maybe please. jump shooting was a, a bit ambitious for me, but right. he literally just needs to show something that he has some sort of offensive skill set. Yeah. Because the centers for Syracuse last year and the year before did not have that. Right. Like, Pascal couldn't catch the basketball. He'd have big games where he'd just catch a bunch of alley-oops. Like, he was huge in the Duke win. But he consistently, he was not good enough on offense. It's going to be interesting. I think a lot of what determines what we think about this class in five years, ten years, once we kind of know the book on these guys is – how Jesse Edwards and John Bojak, who we're going to get to, he's number 452 in the nation and probably going to redshirt, we can say at this point, especially with 452 seems, that's screams back. redshirt to me. Yeah. So I think how they develop, and that's been a big F with Syracuse centers in the past five, six years since oh, it's really routine Christmas. It's been one of the big like yeah. bugaboos for fans is like they're not, I mean, they're not so. developing them enough. Right. right. So. You know, I think that determines this class a little bit. Joe Girard is obviously the name in this class that has the most hype around him. He's 188, though. He's even slipped a little bit now in the latest 24-7 sports rankings. So he's technically, by those measures, the fourth uh, highest rated recruit in this class. But there's five guys we just listed off there. None of these guys have a ton of NBA potential right now, at least. You can maybe make the case for Gary Air, kind of in that same vein O'Shea as O'Shea. Mold, yeah. uh, I, just, I think Goodine has potential, too. Yeah, and I think when I say NBA potential, I mean, I don't think there's He's any not a threat first of a one-and-done oh, no. type from this class. No. And, well, to be fair, we didn't see that coming from Malachi, but Malachi was also much, I mean, much He was better. the number 23 recruit, right. I think, on ESPN. I don't see any, any one-and-dones in this class. Yeah, I think... Even like last year, there was some potential maybe with Jalen Carey based on his rankings, but it obviously didn't pan out that way. Right. Not even close. So you never know. And it's Syracuse, and it takes some time to learn the 2-3 zone and everything. But the more I look at this class— Like when was the last time a, a freshman like exploded for Syracuse? Like really had I like mean, a, Malachi late a in breakout the season. year. But even at, I'm saying at the beginning Battle of the season. Battle had a good freshman year. Leiden was solid, but he was— 
he went from off NBA radars to all of a sudden on and then kind of plateaued his sophomore year, a little bit like Brissett, honestly. I think, and it was still good enough for him to go, um, but I think this class is, it's hard to get too excited, but the one thing that they do have going for it is there's a lot of unknowns here. Like, we don't know much about Jesse Edwards. We don't know a ton about Quincy Guerriere. I mean, there's tape out there, and the potential is there. You can see it. The two guys we know the most about are Goodeen and Gerard. Everybody else and is Gerard a bit is of a probably the biggest unknown of all of them right. because he's so polarizing. I mean, you talk to one person, and they say he's going to be the best thing since sliced bread, and then you talk to another person, and they say he's not going to be able to get to a shot coming from Class B all the way to Division One is a It's going to be reach. tough. It's going right. to be tough. And Jim Beheim said some positive things this week on him or last week on a radio show, and I think I'm a little bit bullish on Gerard, maybe even, and I think a lot of people are that way, and he's kind of the biggest name, like I said, with this class. But all these unknowns, it could be a really good thing for Syracuse or it could be a bad thing, and I think that's what makes this recruiting class so interesting because five years from now, we're going to look back at these ratings and just be like scratching our heads, whether it's for a good or a bad reason with most of these guys. And I think for a lot of these guys, probably for a good reason for Syracuse fans saying, Oh, Quincy Guerriere wasn't even a top 100 guy, or Joe Girard, why wasn't he rated higher? I think we could do that in five years. Yeah, and I think that's because there's the potential for these guys to be long-term players. Like, classes in the past, like, nobody, I don't think anybody thought Tyus was going to be here for all four years. No. I don't think people thought even Matt Moyer was going to be here for all four years. Like, these are just not guys you expect to be here for four seasons. Jer- maybe Carey, Moyer a little bit. Maybe but. Moyer, but he, he had had the wishy-washiness of committing to Ohio State, decommitting, all that kind of stuff. Tyus had that even a little right, bit. Right, with Michigan and, uh, and and then coming here. But I just think this this class, for the not for the first time, but there's really, like you said, no guy that we can point to and say, you're a one-and-done. Like You will definitely be heading yeah. to the NBA next year. Or even a chance that they do right. that, I feel like. You, I don't even think there's a guy on here that you can go, you're a two-year guy only, sophomore year, see ya. Maybe, Maybe Gary. Gary right. I think, Maybe Gary. I think Gary has the most potential in this class. And maybe it's Gerard even just because of the scoring that he has produced and the right, numbers. Right, but I don't think he's like he, – he, I'm it's different. like fairly confident like that he will be here for four years. He might have yeah. potential in the NBA long term because he might be a shooter guy. I maybe, sort of, kind of. But he's not got the potential to be, I'm only going to be here for two years, then see ya. He's going to be a J.J. Redick type or somebody that stays for a year, maybe maybe more like a Quinn Cook that stays around right. for a while and then gets drafted. He's not a guy that's going to be gone. Like, he's not going to be... He's not going to be gone in a year. Right. So this 2019 class is deep. There's five guys. And now something I want to talk about is looking ahead to the 2020 class, which Jim Beheim is actively recruiting right now. And, of course, we love, love to follow all the recruiting here at Orange Fizz. You can check out all our articles related to the 2020 class because we're in the thick of that now. And it's time for Syracuse to start thinking about who they're prioritizing. And actually, they're probably even past that point and starting to do these visits and everything like that. Not getting that close to decisions, you don't think. But the 2020 class is coming up quick. And with five guys in the 2019 class, you don't have a whole lot of room here. So I think it's even more important that you do get those guys you're after. And one of those guys, Andre Jackson, everyone is circling He's a right must-have. For he obvious must reasons. Have. Everyone thinks he's coming to Syracuse, it seems like. At least 
as many people as possible in the early proceedings here. You've got six experts on 247sports.com's crystal ball, which is, say what you want about that. It's sometimes accurate, sometimes not. But, sometimes it's awful. Yes, but, but it's it is nice, six it's for nice six. To, it's nice to look at it and be like, oh, he's definitely coming yeah, to Syracuse. Right. Like, if you're a Syracuse fan Don't get your and, you say, and you say 100% on, on crystal ball and you're like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's a that's, great little. That's what Jackson has right. right now. He's six for six. So he's a local kid too. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Local-ish, at least. Like he's from Albany, and right. he plays. He played for City Rocks. He played with Joe Girard. He played in the same program that Buddy did. Yeah. Like there are all these kinds of connections. He seems like a must-have in terms. They've of... They've got to get him I because mean, he really can't beat he's around the bush. Really good. Number one, he's a great guard. He is incredibly explosive. He's got incredible bounce. He's a pretty good shooter. Like, he's a guy you need from that end of the spectrum. And also, he's one of two guys that right now 24-7 has Syracuse as warm for them in terms of they are more considering Syracuse pretty highly on their list. So if there's only two guys that are like that, you've got to get one of them. you probably got to get both of them. The other one's Noah Collier, who's power forward. So right. you, need, you need to get those guys because there isn't going to be that much room on the roster but that, like you said, that might make mo- make those guys like Andre Jackson even more important to get long term. Honestly, if you were to make up a recruit that has like the best chance of going to Syracuse and is the perfect Syracuse recruit, Andre Jackson's basically it because he's around that area. He's kind of from the area, Albany, like you said. He's got length. He fits that two three zone mold. He's not like outrageously good, like top ten, top five, McDonald's All American. But he's like in that Jalen Carey range right now, at least, top right. 40, that he's attainable for Syracuse and will be a good get. And also, he can come in and fit right away, you'd think. You'd think he could make an impact, especially if someone like O'Shea Brissett does not come back. I know it's not next year, but it's in two years when they might have more of a need for that position. So the more you look at Andre Jackson, the more you think this is a guy Syracuse has to get because realistically, they can probably only get two guys from this class. Because so you want to capitalize on right, Jackson. Because not only is the class in front of them big in terms of having five guys, but think about who's going to be leaving after this season for Syracuse. Nobody? Elijah Hughes, maybe. Elijah. maybe but he's going to be like in, no terms seniors, of el- right, right. in terms of eligibility, there's no seniors on the team. And I, I really I don't... I guess if Brissett comes back, he Sure, would he, would le- leave, he would then but... probably leave. But like, there's... Academically, there are no guys that are going to graduate. Yeah. There's not going to be a ton of room on the roster. Right. Jackson's a big get for this 2020 class and someone that everyone should be after. We will keep you updated at Orange Fizz on Twitter and orangefizz.net. Next up, let's talk some football. Eric Dungy obviously signed a contract with the Giants. We'll dive into that. Plus, one of SU's running backs signed a contract this week. We'll tell you all about that. Fizz Radio rolling right along here on the score 1260. Tim Leonard alongside J.D. Rachi. Thanks for joining us this morning. Got you till 10 a.m. Let's talk some NFL football right now, at least in regards to the Syracuse players. Six players signed a contract or at least made the 90-day roster and will now vie for the 53-man roster in the offseason in terms of six Syracuse players that were on the team last year that went 10-3. and three. Chris Slayton, the only one of those guys drafted, was drafted late in the seventh round by the Giants. Eric Dungy is also going to be a Chris Slayton teammate again. He will be on the Giants roster, at least on that 90-man roster. Just feels right that those guys are together. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And obviously there's been some reports of Dungy playing quarterback and also tight end. 
So that's Taysom kind Hill. Of, it's kind of interesting, and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But just to run through the rest of these guys, you've got a couple offensive linemen. Cody Conway signed a contract with the Titans. Coda Martin to the Chargers. Jamal Custis with the Chiefs. I'm sure most of you saw he was the highest-paid undrafted wide receiver ever, which is good for him. Making, Seems like also a very specific yes, stat. <laughs> that Syracuse fans dug up. But. <laughs> He's making but right good for, around good for 150k, Jamal. right? Something Somewhere like in that. that That's pretty good. Not bad for first year out of college for Jamal Custis. Dante Strickland just recently signed with the Cardinals 90-man roster, so the running back earns a spot there. He actually skipped graduation to go to the mini, mini rookie camp, camp yep. and that panned out well for him. He tweeted or posted an Instagram to something to that effect. So good for Dante Strickland and good for all those guys. All six of them are now vying for a spot. Chris Slayton, you'd think, will likely make it if he's drafted, but he's got to compete with Eric Dungy, too, for that roster spot. And I think we should start there because, you know, he is the most polarizing guy at this point. And there's been a lot of talk out there about, oh, Dungy's now better than the quarterback that they drafted with oh, the sixth God. overall pick and all that. I mean, statistically, it's true, but, yes, like, yes. that and means nothing. That Daniel Jones pick will forever get... Uh, reprimanded and, and joked about at unless this point. He, unless, he, unless he turns out yeah. to be a stud. You if never he turns know. out to be a stud, people are going to look stupid like they did with Kristaps Porzingis. Right. But. And I do think um, there is some credence to the fact that Eric Dungy is a competitor, and a lot of people have brought that up. And it's hard to leave a guy with his moxie and his determination off the 90-man roster. The question is, is his future in the NFL – as strictly a quarterback, or is it as kind of that wild card, like you said, with Hill that we saw in the Saints this year? Right. I think that what Dungy has to show is that he's versatile enough to do multiple things. Like, can he be a special teamer? Like, I'd be a little concerned about him being a special teamer with the injury, yes. the injury pass, but maybe that's his way onto a roster. He's not going to make it as a pure quarterback. Like, the Giants have enough of those. They've got Eli Manning, they've got Daniel Jones, and I'm sure they've got some other guy that's probably right. more NFL-ready, quote-unquote, than Dungy is. So if Dungy wants to make the roster and if they want that competition and competitive uh, you know, style on the roster from Dungy, then he's got to show he's versatile. That's the fact of the matter. Otherwise, he's not going to make it. So if he can show he can catch passes as a tight end, great. If he shows he can go and block as a tight end, great. If he can be a special teamer, if he can be a guy you throw out there in a special package like the Saints have with Taysom Hill, great. He'll make the roster, but he's got to show that versatility. Otherwise, there's no chance. Personally, and I know this is kind of the Debbie Downer approach, but I think it's going to be hard for him to make the 53-man roster. Just it's going to be tough. Standpoint of, you know, he it took him a while to sign with a team. I think a lot of us were sort of wondering where is his signing. We we expected him to be an undrafted guy, and, and he did end up going with the Giants, which is a good fit. And obviously, I'm sure they've seen him play a little bit. And I mean, obviously, if you sign the guy, but it's right around the corner in Syracuse. So maybe that helps him out a little bit. And he's a competitor, and you know a lot of people have counted him out before, and he's proved them dead wrong. But it's just tough because, like you said, you just spent a first-round pick on a quarterback. So you know there's already two quarterbacks on the roster. You usually keep three maximum. You're not right. keeping four. Some teams don't even keep three. Some right. teams keep two, and, keep two and one on the practice squad. So it's going to be tough for Dungy. The rest of these guys, I mean, I look at Jamal Custis, and I think he has some NFL potential. Of these six guys, who stands out to you? I think Cody Conway has a good chance of sticking somewhere. It might not be with the Titans, but he's a versatile tackle. He can probably play left or right tackle. He's athletic. He's got good feet. I mean, 
tackles are this probably the second most important position right. on the offense. So if you can even be a backup somewhere and somehow find your way into some sort of significant role, then good for you. I think he's got a good chance, and I think Coda Martin has a good chance. Uh, you know, Dante Strickland, probably not. Like, I think that's just kind of the – good for it's him that he made tough. the roster or that he made the 90-man or whatever it is. But it's going to be tough. But we'll see. Yep. We'll keep that's you really all we. That's all we can do with this, right. with this, with this class. It's, <laughs> Play it's, the waiting game. <laughs> there's no guy that you can point to and say, he's an, he's absolutely an NFL starter. We're going to have to wait and see. I do think Custis is in a good situation there in Kansas City. I but agree. We will fill you in on all those details at Orange Fizz on Twitter. Next up on Fizz Radio is Fizz Feedback. Get your voices heard next right here on the screen. Time for some Fizz feedback here in the final four minutes here on Fizz Radio. Tim Leonard, J.D. Rachi, and we put out one question this week, but it was a big question, so we've got plenty to talk about here. The question was, who is the best player in this 2019 Q's recruiting class? We talked about it a little bit earlier on in the show. There's five guys. For the sake of this poll, you can only put out four on Twitter, and if you ever want to get involved with Fizz feedback, always look for our polls. We tweet them out during the week. You can comment and We will shout out your comment here on the score 1260. But this week, the four players that we put out, we included everyone but John Bullajak, who is clearly ratings-wise way below the rest of them right now at least. Bryson Goodine, Quincy Guerriere, Joe Girard, Jesse Edwards were the four options. Goodine is the highest-rated player, but he only garnered 11% of the votes right now. 54% to Quincy Guerriere, who is leading the way. Joe Girard, 30%. Jesse Edwards with 5%. Kind of expected that he would come in the last place, at least in this voting. But The amount of times we put out a poll like this, and we have gotten these similar results. Where not Bryce a lot and of Gadeen, people are all in a Gadeen. Why? <laughs> He's so good. You are a Gadeen I am believer. A good, so I am a huge Gadeen believer. So, number one, we talked about how Andre Jackson kind of fits that mold, length, top of the 2-3 zone, athleticism, blah, right. blah, blah. That's Gadeen. Like, they're pretty similar players. Uh, Gadeen is probably slightly less athletic than Andre Jackson is, and Gadeen is still ridiculously athletic. Like, he went viral right around the time he committed. A couple of weeks, a couple of months before that, he had gone viral for just pulling off some silly dunks in-game. He's a really athletic kid. He shoots the three ball well. He competed, I'm pretty sure, was scheduled only to compete in the dunk contest of the three-point dunk contest that him and Gerard Gerard, went to. I think he ended up competing in both, so he's a pretty good three-point shooter as well. He can stretch the floor out. He's just good. He's really good, and he's also the most proven player right now out of the five guys. I think Gary Ayer maybe has the highest ceiling, but best player right now, this is kind of the conversation we had with Tyus versus O'Shea, the best player is Bryson Gadeen. The guy with maybe the most potential might be Quincy Gary Ayer, but for me, and I'm just shocked that it's only 11%, and that Joe Girard, who I think is good, but maybe not as good as people think he is, because as we talked about, Class B, yada, 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 big jump, all that kind of stuff. But Bryson Godin is really good, and people have got to start getting in on this kid, because I'm really excited to watch him play in the next couple of years. So I agree with all that. I do agree that 11% is a little light for him, especially when you just look. I mean, he's the only guy in the ESPN Top 100. He's number 75. He's got by far the best accolades to this point. But that being said, my vote's Joe Girard here, simply because of his numbers. I mean, I'd argue Joe Girard has the most accolades. Of well, anybody. yeah, okay. I should have phrased that better. No, I, I, know, I, mean, I, know what you, I know what you mean in terms of numbers, but the accolades that guy has are unbelievable. Yeah, accolades 
in the sense for Gadeen in terms of just recruiting rankings yeah, definitely, and stars definitely. and all that. No. I think Gerard is, at this point, though, coming in with the most hype, and I think he can make the biggest impact day one just because his three-point shot has to translate a little bit in my eyes. And I know I'm a big believer of him, and I do think Gadeen should be getting a little bit more credit. And we haven't even mentioned Gary Ayer. He's really good. leading the vote. He's good. It's a weird class, and it's tough to pick. And there's a lot of unknowns. And also, some people probably answer this question saying best player next year. Some people thought best player four years down the road. For me, I think Gerard answers both of those questions, especially four years down the road once he gets acclimated. I see where you're coming from. I'm still going to say <laughs> Like, I'm all in on this kid. If this guy doesn't pan out, then you can come back and we can have cold or old takes exposed, cold takes exposed, no, whatever it is. We can have that you're, all day you're long. You're just making it tough on yourself right now. That's fine. I am a Let's Bryson Gadeen believer. Go ahead, mark it down right here on yeah. Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Well, that's all we got for this week's edition of Fizz Radio. Thanks for joining us. We're always here Saturday mornings, 9 to 10 a.m. It's a wild class, but we'll play the waiting game for the rest of the offseason. For J.D. Rachi, I'm Tim Leonard. We'll see you next time on Fizz Radio.